The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Kev, I feel like we're in a, another lockdown. I mean, I know we're not in a lockdown, but uh, we get to January, February, and as a wedding photographer for many, many years, January and February is essentially like a lockdown. But you've got one coming up on Saturday. I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Back in the back in the saddle. Back in the saddle. Yeah. Oh, don't talk about star. <laughs> so back in the saddle on on uh, on Saturday. Where are you? Ask me that again tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but mind you, by Monday you'll have done it. I don't. Yes. Okay. Ask me that again three days ago. <laughs> um, I got one booking. One booking till May. And he's got no idea. <laughs> I, I don't know. Basically, I don't uh, think it's. I think it's drivable. <laughs> I hope it's drivable. It better be. Don't go finding out that now it's in France or something. Yeah, we're definitely oh, in that. No. How yeah. are you feeling about doing uh, doing European weddings now? Oh, well, we can't go, can we? Can't you can't actually shoot? I've been rejecting all my. Uh, well, not that I've had many in the last couple of years, but mm. basically until you know, no Brexit's here. You, you, we don't have the rights to go. And so you're not you're not going to try Europe. and get the uh, the visas or or work permits no. on it? No, 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 no. I mean, a I don't know if that's even possible because it, it's nigh on impossible to do that in America. Absolutely nigh on impossible. Mm. Um, and I'm not of the um, I'm I'm of the opinion that if you go and pretend you're a tourist, then you're welcome to the to the rubber hand. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I, I yeah I, I kind of don't, wouldn't bend the rules like that. And in Europe, I, I actually don't know what the rules are. To be totally honest with you, all I know is that uh, you can't just go and shoot there now, and well, you, I, I, you even need a car just to move your your, your I, equipment and everything. I tell you what, I, I so. don't I don't want to be meeting Mr. Rubber Hand. The Fuji Cast. <laughs> Not quite sure. Yeah, he's um, pretty angry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Right. Well, let's let's move on swiftly now that I worked out exactly what you mean by that. Welcome to the Fuji Cast. You and your questions from the mailbag. The mailbag is a bit slim this week, uh, but you've been performing well through the um, uh, through the through the Facebook group. So that's great. So that keeps the the questions alive. Uh, we got a book of the week this week, Kev. Yeah. Book of the week. Yeah. Well, what is book of the week? Book of the week is hang on. It's a biggie. It's uh remember we had Parker Fister on the show? Yeah. It's his book. Oh, fantastic. It's called Of Solitude. Right. Oh well. Did he send that uh, one to you or did you buy that with your own cash, Kev? I bought it with my own cash. Good. However, he did do a very nice inscription. Did, oh, did he? Oh, that's nice. What did what did he write? I'm always I'm intrigued by what people he wrote. He wrote um hang on. This is a funny shape book. He wrote, For Kevin, keep inspiring the world, my friend. Stay in wonder. Perfect. All right, so that's the, yeah. the book of the week. And also this week we have a guest, and it will be Mark Condon. Uh, dipping back into our archive this week, uh, we're both big fans of shotkit.com, which is run by Mark, and I, I managed to grab a, a conversation a couple of years back with Mark just prior to COVID in Sydney where he was living at the time. If you've never heard of ShotKit before, it's a fabulous site uh, where you can just uh, rub your knees a tad as you peek inside the camera bags of talented photographers from around the world. Right. Uh, do you want to go with Facebook first? Yeah, we've got quite a few on Facebook, so we're, we're doing all right there. Um, Paul Cashman. Um one of my best friends in school was called Michael Cashman. Yeah. Kevin Neal, great show, yada, Michael, yada, yada. Hang on, wasn't Michael Cashman a, an actor? Actor, yes. Was he the EastEnders guy? He was. You went to school with him? No. Oh. There's more than one Michael Cashman in the world. In fact, there's more than one in the UK. <laughs> well, I believe that, but I thought for a moment it could be the Michael Cashman. No. Well, right, okay. Yeah. It's my the Michael Cashman. Oh, right. The, the 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 Michael Cashman that you're thinking about on EastEnders is not the the Michael Cashman that I'm thinking. Is of. he not? No. Well, yeah. In his world, he is, but just not yours. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, having ordered the Annie Leibovitz book Wonderland, I was wondering if a photography book comes in a sleeve or a box, yeah. would you keep the box or the sleeve? Happy New Year. I'd always keep the box. Yeah. If it's a presentation box for it, if it's part of the. The artwork, definitely. But if it's if you're just referring to the box that came in from Amazon, then no, recycle that bad boy. Oh, always recycle the Amazon boxes. But yeah, if it's in a if it's in a sleeve or a uh, you know like a, a kind of flip fold box or something like that, then yeah, yeah, absolutely. Why would you not keep that? Yeah, for sure. I, I'm I'm coming around to your way of thinking with boxes to a, to a degree. 
Good. Um, yeah, but I'm not entirely there yet, Kev. You can see, you can see my uh, my appetite for talking about boxes <laughs> is about as low as I know my alcohol intake for January. Mine too. <laughs> Mine too. Don't worry. Did you say alcohol? <laughs> how's that? How's that going so far? And I don't miss it at all. Who was it that I heard from during the week that said uh, it was Terry Price? Good old Terry. Terry said um, uh, we were just exchanging a couple of emails, and he said, "Could Kev please send me anything that's left in his cupboard that's alcoholic that he doesn't want anymore?" <laughs> oh, there's nothing left. Sorry. Well, uh, you yeah, did sorry, suggest. Terry. I can't believe you really hoovered out all the um, all the cupboards on New Year's Eve. Did you really do that? Yeah, absolutely. No. But although we didn't have that much in the house, I have to say, because we weren't there for Christmas day no. um we weren't there for boxing day you know and the kids had finished all of their wine and you know it was just mine and Gemma's left <laughs> i bet you'll start finding those little bottles that you get on airliners in bags that you haven't used for ages because you haven't been on a flight oh look Gemma, i found eight gin bottles no <laughs> no that just definitely won't happen bathe in it mullins bathe in it or, or what? What's likely to? What's more likely to happen is Gemma might say, "Oh, look, here's a bag that used to have gin bottles in it that I found a couple of weeks ago." Uh, and how's she doing with it? Is she she good with it? Yeah, fine. She's not she's not completely not doing it. I mean, when she goes out and stuff, she's having a drink. But yeah, we're, you know, it's fine. It's all good. Good. And actually, it it does. It's making yeah. I just feel a lot better. I have to say. Yeah. Sleep patterns. Sleep patterns are, are much better according to my watch. According, according to my Huawei. 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 And yeah, in fact, we've got a new mattress coming being delivered today. Funny enough, mattresses flipping, they're expensive. They can be, Kev. Yeah, when was the last time you bought one? About 15 years. You're supposed to replace them every five or six, aren't you? Oh, well, I am replacing this every five or six years, it's like a mini mortgage. Um, I'd rather sleep on the floor. Well, um, if I was to tell you what, if I was to tell you what, uh, what can be found in mattresses over five years old, you'd want to get rid of them. Every two, Kev. Yeah, no, I do know that. We've had uh, the one we've had now. We must have had seven years. Oh, I would say it'll be um, it'll be singing. It's very good. It was very good, but now it's time to go to the great mattress place in the sky. <laughs> you can't exactly part exchange them either, can you? Um, Jay Griffer wrote to us. Where's dot th, Kev? Where's what? What? Where's dot th? Dot th. You get dot com dot co dot uk. I've got dot th here. Oh, I see. Isn't it Thailand? Oh, is that Thailand? Right, okay. Message, not my expectation, but simply would like to pitch some ideas for your expert response. Now, this came in uh, just before all the, the rumour stuff started with the XH2, but not everybody's read that rumour stuff, so let, let me read through this. Um, with Fujifilm having X-mount cine lenses, it seems like they're still lacking a camera body to really use it to its intended purpose. Side tangent is... Same criticism to the 200mm f2 lens that's built for action wildlife but lacking a body to use it properly. This leaves room for the X-H2. Should it be built bigger, let's say something like a... And these are points that he's making. You might, you might have some thoughts about them, Kev. Like a Canon C200 that benefits from audio ports. Well, we've always said, both of us, haven't we, that it would be lovely to have audio ports on something. But, but um, XLR audio ports, not sure, Kev bit big aren't they yeah although there's this isn't it i don't know who it's road or somebody like that is making a, a plug-in adapter to the hot shoe for yeah fuji x, x series that you can have uh, xlr in direct yeah, I, into the yeah i'm, I'm not the memory card. trying to think of the way that the pins work with with xlrs i i could well be wrong here kev and there's somebody with a much larger forehead than me that would know the answer to this but I, I can't understand how the how the how how the balanced balanced input would work through a hot shoe. That, that nice. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Don't as know. I say, for a long forehead. Um, Ask me to multiply three times Pythagoras theorem. I've got more chance. Can you do? Can you do? <laughs> Never that? understanding the answer to that. Can you do that for me now? No, I can't do that either. <laughs> okay. um, number two, Blackmagic six K with a large touch screen for video. We're now with. Is there likely to be a larger touch screen on it? Do you think? What well, What are the rumours about the the screen on the back? Oh God, I have no, honestly no idea about the rumours. I well, I mean, obviously, I read the rumours, and so the only thing that I've picked up from the rumours is there's likely to be two versions of the XH2 mm. if the rumours are true. But other than that, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. Trouble and is, if, making a big touchscreen though, that would make that a big camera, and that comes away from that whole point of of the ethos of Fujifilm, doesn't it? I wouldn't expect. I mean. I wouldn't expect the bodies to be different. I think it would be sensor size difference. I don't think they're going to be going down the route of doing like a C200 because if they did that, they wouldn't call it an XH2. They'd call it an 
FV1 or something, if it's, you know, if it's a dedicated film ca- uh, movie yeah. camera. Um, not you know, and we're only <laughs> we're only supposing from the from the rumours at the moment. But I think at best, if the rumours are true and there's two cameras, two versions of the XH2, then it will be sensor size differences yeah. and and a, a few you know like kind of shutter speed and perhaps that kind of stuff rather than a difference in the actual physical camera. Well, Jay Griffith did write here as well a couple of other thoughts about having things like internal ND filters like the X100V. Um, uh, body dials on the body that will benefit the video shooter or just better for the hybrid shooter switching from photo to video quickly um, so anyway th- he says thank you for entertaining the crazy idea well I don't think they're crazy ideas at all we shall, well, we shall uh, send them on yeah I mean they're not crazy ideas at all but the, 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 the actual fact is if Fujifilm made a dedicated film camera which is what he's referring to like a C200 dedicated yeah, movie yeah, yeah, thing yeah. I don't think it would sell to be totally honest with you, because, you know, who's going to move from a very well-equipped, very well-functioning Canon, Blackmagic, uh, you know, uh, ARRI system to a brand-new um, Fujifilm system that's, you know, embryonic, brand-new, and it's not their it, it, it's not their background. You know, I just I just don't think it would work, no. I have to say. No. Yeah, you know, and, and that's what he's referring to. He's referring to creating a camera that is basically a dedicated movie camera yeah, um, and not a stills camera, like the C200. What's that? No, that must be like a C600 by now, I would imagine. Well, no, it, um, it went, well, there's a 700, which is the best part of, um, I think, about £30,000. I don't know too much about the cinema range. It's a while since I had um, uh, the Canon cinema cameras. Mm. Well, I borrowed, I, I, um, you lent me your C100 once when I needed mm. to record a music concert and I needed full-length footage yeah and it was it was like a little bloody spaceship in my hands all those buttons and dials (laughs) uh i found by the way michael cashman uh the the other michael cashman he's uh he's a member of the house of lords now is he yeah wow michael pretending to be interested michael really no well i think i think it's fascinating how his lgbt rights activist and actor labor member of the european parliament for the west midlands constituency from 99 till he stood down in 2014 yeah was he he was gay wasn't he i can't remember whether well he i was. think he he was and this is one of those moments you you don't want to be getting it entirely wrong kev but I, i'm pretty sure he was in a scene that featured the first same-sex kiss on a well certainly a british uh, british soap opera yeah, um, I remember that. Organisation founded Stonewall as well. So. Oh, he founded Stonewall? Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, well, that is a big thing. That's, yeah. that's probably oh, yeah, more yeah, yeah. impressive than being in East, in EastEnders, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it was, EastEnders sort of came to mind straight away. Then I, I didn't realise, of course, all his political stuff. Anyway, moving on. Uh, question <laughs> then from, uh, for, for those in America thinking, uh, what? Hey, you've left me behind. Um, question from the Facebook group. Uh, okay, this is quite a big one. Uh, Michael Dries, Dressy, Dries. Let's just say Michael. Yeah. Michael, hi Kev, hi Neil, happy new year. I'm wondering how you feel about the ergonomics of the new X-series camera bodies. It appears that they are heading towards a more minimalistic style with more reliance on touchscreen swipes. I love that word, swipes. Yeah. I love the layout of the X100F and I'm happy with the X-T3 and X-T30 as well. Personally, I enjoy the D-pad and the focus knob together. This setup allows me to gain quick access to functions I use frequently. The X100V looks like a great update, but I don't like some of the choices in the new layout. Am I alone in preferring the layouts of the last generation camera? Appreciate that your thoughts. Looking forward to a great 2022. Just received some great news on a health issue. Oh, your good. show was a great diversion during some difficult times. I'm a big believer in the mindfulness of photography. Thanks for your hard work. Great community you have created well done Oof. there we go um well first of all uh, michael i'm glad those uh, those health problems um you've got some good news on them that's good the x100v kev I, i've i know people have said this haven't they that they they're sort of uncomfortable between the changes when the f went to the v I, i've i've never really felt that although whenever anything is a touch screen i turn my touch screens off immediately and i think you do as well don't you i don't use touch screen no. but that doesn't mean that they don't get used um, they are extremely popular features. No, um, I know, I know, I know. Extremely popular. Yeah. It's just because we're old school, I think. We don't tend not to use it. I like buttons. Um, I, yeah, I, I love what they did with the X100V. I love the minimalistic approach. Mm. I love it, absolutely love it. Um, uh, you know, I never, D-pads for me are not, I don't miss that whatsoever. Um, 
The only thing that uh, there's one thing on the XT4 that really, really annoys me constantly still is the um, they removed the the metering collar, so you can't you can no longer choose uh, spot metering. Oh. Um, oh my god, it's way too early. <laughs> you can no longer choose between metering modes on the collar on the top. You have to uh, assign it to a function button. It's way too It's six thirty in the evening when we recorded this. Have a drink, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, there's always going to be. Mm. You can't have a new camera that's identical to the previous one. And just, you know, from a marketing point of view, it just wouldn't make sense. And I think with the X100V, they made a very brave statement. You know, they put that flip screen in it, which I was very much against. Yeah. Um, they really minimalized it. They gave the they gave the camera some more, more, of a, more hard lines, more of a kind of, um, I don't know, less retro finish to it, if you ask me. And that was one of the the, the, the things that I came I, I discussed when we were going through that process. Uh, you know, will it will it still be seen as this uh, you know this retro looking camera? Uh, and it is still, but it's in my mind a little less still. But actually, it's probably the most beautiful version they've made. You know, it has to yeah. be said in the hands. It's it's very easy to use. The less clutter on the back of the camera for me, the better. You know, I've always said that I just prefer you know a camera that just has a shutter button and the three dials. Boom. We're getting uh, closer. The smaller getting, it is, the better. Yeah, getting closer to it then, Kev, with this. The X100V, yeah, yeah, I think so. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously your mileage may vary. Everybody has different opinions. Mm. Um, but, yeah, they're not going to they're not gonna keep the same. If you look at the X100V compared to the original X100, especially the menu system, it's like, I don't know. What? It's like comparing my first wife to my second wife. Oh, don't start that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's an awful thing to say, is it? It is, really. Who was your favourite? <laughs> Oh, careful, careful. <laughs> um, actually, on the um, on the V front, this is probably a good time to mention uh, Mark Dell. He's he's got a sort of hotline to us now, Kev. Um, he wrote in uh, again just a few days ago. I've sold my V. He said, "Foolish mm. man, foolish." <laughs> I just I decided that the camera, though, he says, it was somewhat too easy to produce. Now, get this as a reason: too easy to produce a great photograph and at times somewhat clinical for my tastes. I ventured into my loft and dusted down, well, not actually, as it was in its original box, Kevin, <laughs> my very first Fujifilm camera. The venerable Fujifilm Finepix X100 once again is being used. It's yep. still amazing what I seem to get from this beautiful sensor, as it's the Bayer original. Uh, my blog title has been changed, and the V was posted to its... Uh, New owner only today, so there's no going back. Now, what was the blog to do with V? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm approaching uh, 60 next month, and I feel happier taking this little classic out these days. Maybe it's an age thing. So from now on, uh, it's working alongside my XF10, and I feel that's all I need. I may even reject my smartphone and go over to a phone that just does calls and texts. I've turned off all notifications to my Google Pixel 5 as an experiment. I think that a distraction-free, more mindful approach is what I seem to be craving for. And the original X100 fits that brief. Oh, blimey. Yeah. Um, I can't I can't argue with any of that, really. I mean, yeah, the X, X100V to X100, yeah, it's going to do exactly what he's he's hoping it to do. Yeah, and, yeah I can't. Like a, vin- like, a vintage, like a vintage car, you may have to drive it a little bit differently from time to time. And you'll, you'll find it a bit annoying that uh, when you're reversing at Tesco that it hasn't got uh, powered steering. But uh, apart from that, he sent me a picture. It's a lovely picture. Very nice. Do you remember smartphones that just did calls and text messages, Kev? <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember before they even did text messages. Yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. A, fr- um, a, friend, of mine had, a friend of mine had the, uh, the big uh, brick thing. Um, yeah, and we all thought the battery was, in, a, in a suitcase. That's the one. It was huge. <laughs> we always used to think, "God, you're so posh," and he turned uh, up. He put this thing on a table. Uh, it, was, it was a proper statement, wasn't it? Mm. If ever there was a yuppie thing, that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, that was definitely it. We had a friend also. He was he worked in finance, and it was uh, it must have been in our placement of university. Uh, yeah, because we were still in university, and we were uh, we'd all come. All of our friends from university had come up to to my then girlfriend's place in Windsor. Mm. Um, we're having a bit of a weekend. And then uh, he, came, he came in with this great big f***ing <laughs> phone. And it was enormous. He had his he had his weekend bag 
which was smaller than this battery <laughs> that he was carrying for his phone. I was, we were all like, what the hell is that? And like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, it just in case work calls. Bearing in mind, we were university placement students and it was Saturday. And, you know, he was working in, I don't know, some kind of yeah. low-level banking job. I was yeah, like, you never know. Yeah. You never- They're not going to call, are they? I, I never know. quite understood how you ever got a signal. <laughs> Well, they had massive aerials, didn't they? Well, I know they had like, ma- massive aerials, but there wasn't really much of a network, was there? If anything. Yeah, pass. Don't yeah. know. Well. Anyway. But could you I turn really off know. all your notifications? He never got a call. No, but I'm sure he didn't. Could you turn off all your notifications? Well, yeah. Wouldn't that be a good experiment for a week? Turn all notifications off. Yeah, I've toyed with this idea, like, several times. And, and okay, so basically my plan when my current phone dies yeah. is to is to go downwards rather than upwards because I don't have a contract. Um, and my Huawei did die um, oh. before Christmas, oh. but uh, the uh, uh, charging port went. So I then had to get a, um, I've got a Samsung, only a cheap 125 quid Samsung phone from, from Vodafone. Yeah. It was appalling. It was the most annoying thing I've ever had in my entire life in terms of tech. So I um, I actually paid to have my Huawei replaced instead, as repaired instead, because I, I love that phone so much. But my, my yeah, my, my, my plan was always when, when I needed to get a new phone, is to, you know, just get one of those little things you get from WH Smith, you know, a, a, a burner phone. A burner phone, Kev. But a burner phone. You know, disposable phones that crooks get. Yeah, I know that's the burner phone is the, the connotation really. Jeremy, do you yeah. know he's got a burner phone? Yeah, I, yes. I know. The only thing I, I, I did I've actually thought about this quite seriously. The only thing I would really because you can do things like Instagram and stuff now on, on the website. Mm. So you don't you know, there's there's not that many phone dependent apps. The only things that the only thing that really concerns me now is COVID passes for getting into the oh, rugby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my banking app is quite useful for when I'm in the co-op and it tells me I've got my money left and I have to go and transfer <laughs> some money from Gemma's account. Um, and yeah, so, you know that kind of stuff is is the thing that I think I would I would struggle with. FaceTime um, and all, FaceTime? No, no, because I got a proper phone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, don't use FaceTime. So <laughs> use WhatsApp. But yeah, same thing. WhatsApp. Yeah, chatting to my mum on WhatsApp video. So there's there's really not much I think apart from you know the convenience stuff. But things yeah. like the NHS um, COVID pass, I think that's going to yeah. be with us for quite a long time, and uh, we'll need that to get into places, won't we? So I'm, I'm anyway, playing, I'm you can print them out. I don't know, but whatever. It's very hypothetical, isn't it? Because probably what will happen when that phone dies is I'll get super excited about buying a new or singing dancing one. Oh, I don't know how I can live without playing Angry Birds. I've got to have Angry Birds on there. Right, next one. Facebook. Uh, Kant Rathod. Uh, Happy New Year, Fujicasts, guys and girls. Neil and Kevin, this is a stab in the dark, but do you think Fujifilm would ever consider a stills-only camera? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, the irony. <laughs> Strip <laughs> down to the basics, such as aperture control, ISO, exposure yeah. compensation, and shutter speed. I have the Expo 3 and X100V and only use these functions. Many thanks. Well, what do you think, Kev? You're closer to the inner circle. No, they won't. No. Uh, and basically, the, the reason for that is because it costs exactly the same to make. And yeah. so why would they why would they not have the video functions in there for you know for people that might want to use it? Uh yeah, basically yeah. no. Just don't use the video functions. Yeah, just don't use it. Switch it off. Yeah. Don't, don't don't touch it. Ignore that menu. Right. Let's uh let's hear from this week's guest. And as I said, it's from our archive this week. As we approach three years of shows. We want to share some of the fabulous guests we've had on the show. With a new season of guests coming up too, uh, profiles on shotkit.com, myself and Kev, uh, a little dated now. Timely reminder for an update perhaps, but if you haven't heard of Shotkit before, this is a website where you can do that thing you probably wouldn't dare uh, do or ask in person. Excuse me, insert name of photographer here, don't suppose you'd mind sending me a couple of shots of your camera bag, would you? Um, as I said, a couple of years back, I managed to take a walk with Mark Condon, who is the brains behind a site which thousands of photographers follow. Shotkit.com, where you can, quote, peek inside the camera bags of talented photographers from all around the world. I took a, a sunny afternoon's walk uh, with him on Sydney's harbour side in view of the Opera House, in the time prior to all this talk of deporting tennis stars. Here's Mark from ShotKit.com. So ShotKit was uh, it's, it's around 2014, early 2014, and I decided to make a... I was just 
whenever I read a magazine, there'd always be like a flat lay of products. Like this is what you need to be taking on holiday. It's essentially what they want to try and sell you. But they're always really neatly laid out images of gadgets. Yeah. And there's something about that that I really liked. Just the editorial aspect of it and also, um, I don't know, just seeing what people are supposed to have or what's useful for the average guy, whatever it was. And then so I thought, oh, I want to make a website about that. Not for photographers, but for just anything. And I think so I went, initially it wasn't going to be just photography? No, I think I got a domain name like inside my bag or something and I thought um, it, this could be applied to, you know, school kids with their school bags, tennis players, fishermen, just anyone who has a bag that's got something useful. God, a fishing version would be huge. Yeah. Well, this, that's the thing. And Hang on, so let I, me go and register that name. Yeah. Fish bag. Fish bag. <laughs> Tackle bag. Tackle, Tackle bag. Anyway, I messed around with that and it didn't work and it was too big the project. There was too many elements involved and then I just forgot about it for a few months. And then I came back to it and I was so stupid. It didn't even occur to me that I should be focusing on just one niche that I'm interested in. And I think my wife was just like, yeah, why don't you just do photography? And I, hey, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, yeah, the more I thought about it, it was like, well, yeah, that's exactly what I did. As soon as I decided oh, I want to do wedding photography, I, it was Jonas Peterson's work I came across first. Around that time, um, he was uh, sort of all over wedding photography because he just won some awards. Yeah. He just had a bit of a different kind of style in those days, I guess. Because I didn't had no idea about camera gear, then the first step is, okay, well, I need the gear that this guy's using to shoot the photo. That's, you know, I want to cook a nice meal. I need the same <laughs> frying pan as that chef. Yeah. <laughs> Makes no sense, but yeah, that's how the idea came about. Well, I want to look at other people's camera bags. Maybe someone else does as well. Was it difficult to, to get people on board to, to understand what you were trying to achieve? Uh, I, before that I was working in online marketing um, as a copywriter and I worked with like graphic designers and I was in that kind of space so maybe it was because of that but I kind of felt that if I didn't have something concrete-ish to show the photographers that look good um, then it would be very hard for them to prove to them you know it's worth spending two hours of your day putting this together for That's me. Good. So yeah, I, I mocked up like uh, how their page would look. I'd put their name in the, you know, big on there and um, just made it look pretty close to what it looks today, just one page. And I'm like, this is what it's gonna look like. And then yeah, I just blanket emailed maybe 200 photographers. Um, and then when people started replying, I'd send me a message out saying, oh, you know, Jonas is on board or blah, blah, blah. Ironically, Jonas said yes. This was back in 2014. I think he said yes every year and then now he just doesn't reply and he's never actually been on the site. <laughs> it's, it's kind of turned on its head now, isn't it? Because I would imagine like any good idea when it's really, when it really takes root and, and people then understand what you're trying to achieve with it, then they want you. Yeah, I like to think that ShotKit's kind of known in a, in a certain, yeah, in the photography world. Um, not as much as I would like it to be. Um, yeah, without sounding big-headed, I do think it's a really useful resource in terms of not just looking at gear, but just seeing how other photographers feel about the gear that they're using as well. Have you noticed kits changed? That mirrorless has become more prevalent or any particular brand is favored? Um, yeah, it's a slow transition to mirrorless, I'd say. Start of this year, I've been receiving, uh, yeah, more. So there's 2023 categories now. So I've noticed that's one thing that has grown. Yeah, I'd love that to be unlimited. Like just if someone sends me, a, you know, if they're a professional bridge photographer, I'll make a new category. Are there any uh, scalps? I'm going to call them scalps. I'm not sure it's the right word or not. That you're particularly proud to have on there. Um, I, th I had an interview with Albert Watson. And yeah, this my ignorance, I didn't actually, I hadn't heard of him before, uh, a week before I had the interview, like I, I came across his work and I, I reached out and then I was surprised that the, his secretary was all over it and he was like, yeah, what do you want from him? And I reached out for the, just a, a shot kit feature, like talk about his gear and then I realised that's a bit short-sighted, you know, there's so much more you could talk about. Yeah, and we had a phone interview and he was lovely and that's actually buried on the site, I need to revive it because it's... It's uh, evergreen, like it's as relevant now and it's really, yeah, it was great insight. He talked about the Jagger photo, yeah. the uh, jobs, everything. It's a great way to find uh, photographers' work you may not have found otherwise. I'll, I'll give you an example, Nicky Boone. Right. So Nicky's work is superb. The, uh, but I, I yes, I, yeah. yeah, from yeah. New Zealand. I dare say that there are lots of 
photographers that will never have heard of Nicky Boone, whose work is just amazing. So in, in terms of resource, it's, it's great for that shot right. kit, isn't it? I'd say with the first two years, I wanted to get like famous photographers on there, and I thought, oh, people want to see yeah. what XYZ, who's, what he's using. Um, but then after that, I was kind of, there's so many photographers that people had never heard of and probably never will, and I wanted to get those people on the site. When you look at the site and you look at the, and we'll come to the resources section in a minute because that's, I think, as relevant now as just looking at people's kit. But sticking with the kit for a second, there seems to be a format. Lay them out on the floor. There's a lot of wooden floorboards, a lot of metamine on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I noticed some people, uh, D2 photography put a table tennis yeah. table in there and Jeff Newsom <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Newsom's one looks like a, mur I took that photo. a murder scene did you yeah, take that photo? yeah there's a story short story about oh, that one. tell me about that one then so Jeff I've been clamouring to get He's, yeah. yeah and I went to his uh, workshop he had one in Sydney and that was my game to go to his workshop meet him in person and then seduce him to be on my site and he's a lovely guy and he's the kind of person that you could email him 10 times and he'd ignore every single one of them but then he'd be first to come up to you and say hello to you in a bar yeah he's a lovely guy and i ended up giving him a lift down to meet his wife and i was like hey let's do this thing you're never going to have time to do it on your own yeah. you've all ignored all my emails and he's laughing and he's like yeah i don't i don't reply and then he's like yeah what do you want me to do and i'm like well, yeah, just pretend it's a murder scene or something and we just, yeah, he's just laid on the floor, threw his stuff out and then I did like a little video interview of him. But, but is there a format then that, yeah. that you prefer people to stick to? It's got to be a fairly simple backdrop. You don't want people being too complex. Exactly, yeah. That was one thing that I've kept the whole way through and it's kept a very regimented, yeah. If people send me their gear shot and it's not good enough, even if their photos are amazing, I get them to redo it. How do the pro photographers benefit from being on there, do you think? It's a bit of a corny word but exposure so you're you've come across Nikki Boone's work you wouldn't have otherwise yeah and uh, maybe you'll hire her in the future maybe you'll send her you know link to someone of your friends so there's that you know x thousand people visiting the site a day you're probably going to get your work in front of a few new eyeballs um, there's just the sense of community that you're helping out other photographers by showing them a little bit of behind the scenes so let's talk about the resources side because that is a that is a strong part of the site now. I don't have any kind of plan when I write, uh, no kind of editorial calendar or anything fancy where I know where I'm heading with all these posts usually. These were just things that I wrote that I thought this is really interesting to me and useful. Uh, so I just write on something that I thought would help someone else. Um, and yeah, the travel tips was one of them. Like I was doing a lot of destination weddings and finding that it was not all it was cracked up to be. And you had to think of loads of things that uh, probably you wouldn't have to if you're just traveling with your family. Yeah, like the inside of my bag thing's great and all, but I don't think, you know, if you've come to the site a few times, then maybe you want to look for something else as well on there. So how do people um, contact you and get involved in, in the site? I know not everybody can because you've still got to, I mean, you're, you're a professional and there's a certain level that you've got to achieve to be on the site, or is that not true? It's a difficult one because I have my own taste of photography style, so I have to remove that subjectivity, but what I want is uh, a very nice um, gear shot, a well-written, well, just a piece that describes how they use the gear. I don't want people to be intimidated by the submission process, I guess, and also just being on the site. Yeah. Um, I know that one way they might be intimidated is seeing people we're using a lot of gear. Uh, I'm no advocate about using a minimal setup or a, lo a lot of gear. I'm not really, whatever works for you. Like I encourage everyone to try and send in their submission or just send me a link to your work. Like you don't have to go through the whole submission. Um, I don't like being the one saying, oh, your work's not good enough, but I, I, will, I would be able to say, oh, maybe, you know, there's a lot of other wedding photographers, for example, uh, give it a year or so or something. Yeah, I don't like that like, being that person, but. If you want to submit, then yeah, go ahead. Now thanks to Mark, and we'll link to ShopKit, of course, this week in the show notes. Also in the show notes, a chance to a link through and listen to Kev in Country Music Style, because on Thursday afternoons at 3.30pm UK time, that's where you'll find him. Kev plays regular and alternative country on his show, taking requests too if you have something you'd really like to hear. Country Boyo, that's Mullins with his radio show on incapablestaircase.com every Thursday, 3.30 UK time. And then this Friday on Photography Daily, the podcast, I take uh, my photo walk 
just you, just me, our mailbag and our cameras. Uh, this week, coming up amongst your letters and photographs, I'm delighted to be talking to landscape legend Charlie Waite. And when we stand there with our cameras, in whatever setting, Glencoe, doesn't matter where it is, the desert, I think we are, as photographers, we are going through a process of awe. And we need to own this extraordinary experience. And we don't know how else to do it. We could write, not very, maybe good at that. We could poetry, yes, music. But these creative processes that occupy us so, so profound are absolutely immense. And we have to photograph. So that's Charlie Waite on Friday on Photography Daily, the podcast, which is on all podcast platforms and at photographydaily.show as we take our weekly photo walk. Right, back to your questions. Um, This is not so much a question, Kev, but some feedback, really, and and a suggestion in there at the same time. Uh, Hi, Kev, Neil, just pulled... This is from Spencer Wynn. Just pulled over after hearing the question from uh, Joel about about, um, photographing bereavement family portraits with flash. Do you remember that one? Yeah. I've photographed over 60 bereavement portrait sessions through the American-based organization that gifts the gift of family portraits for those who've lost a baby. I enjoy this genre of documentary photography as it's uh, such a healing gift and I fondly remember every family, some of whom I've gone on to photograph in happier times. I pulled over to write this because of the word flash. Whilst I am very comfortable with flash strobe, I've never used it for bereavement sessions. The bereavement sessions are highly emotional, deeply sensitive, and often with parents who are on the the edge of collapse, he writes. For me, flash is an intrusion into the shared sorrow and grief that's essential for the mum and dad at the time. A flash being set off is both intrusive, not necessary, even in the darkest NICU, there is light available from monitors and machines that are part of the story. So he offered a suggestion, a small handheld Lumicube panel or other dimmable continuous light which would be perfect, and that's what he's used on occasion without disturbing the family. Thanks, love the show. First time writing to us as well. Spencer Wynn, thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, I, I see his point. Yeah, I think we did allude to that when we, we had that conversation, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Who's contacting you? Is Nobody. that? Is that? Uh, I'm hearing the... Is that... Are you in trouble? No, no my said, phone's not even on. Oh, no, I keep hearing... It's, it's Gemma saying, you're talking about your first wife again. <laughs> Oh no! It might be my my it might be my tablet. Ah. I'm getting notifications because I've got my laptop off, but my tablet is sitting here. Oh, I see. Um, so it might be doing stuff in the background. Okay. Notifications. Right. Um, I can't hear it though. Oh, is that funny? I can. Perhaps you're turning into a dog. <laughs> I feel like that. Oh, nobody told me that bringing up a puppy would be so. Uh, I am exhausted. <laughs> I am utterly exhausted. I really am. He's in his crate at the moment in the house. He's having a bit of crate training. Yeah. How's that going? Not greatly, actually, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I know that otherwise he might be a bit destructive. But I, I, he, uh, he's, he's gone into... There seem to be phases, Kev. We've gone into barking at everything phase at the moment. Uh, fortunately, not out on the road, because I can't bear it when you're walking along the road and you get a yappy-type dog that yaps at other dogs all the time, constantly down the road. Fortunately... He doesn't do that. But he is barking at anything that even dares overfly the back garden. So if you're <laughs> if you're a pigeon, if he I think I might mention this to you the other day. If you, if he could have an Exocet missile launcher, he'd be taking out pigeons all day long. <laughs> He's just uh but you're you're two, they don't do that, do they? No, not they don't they don't bark randomly. They do uh, Monty does bark at the door though. Um yeah. Breezy doesn't. She just sometimes doesn't even raise open her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Come in. If yeah. I if I came back as a dog, I want to be a whippet. <laughs> Come in, take the telly. Or while you're here, yeah. could you take the mattress out? We're getting a new one. Yeah, and, and be, just just nudge my food over a little bit closer to me. That'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> if you yeah. wouldn't mind, don't wake me up though. Right, questions. <laughs> Facebook. Go on then. Uh, Kevin Rugland. Uh, hello, happy New Year to both of you and anyone listening or reading. Small question. I love doing street photography when I am visiting big cities and towns. Mm. Or uh, when I am visiting big cities and towns. But as I live in a fairly little village and everybody knows everybody, I'm afraid of being seen as a creep skulking in a bed oh. with my camera. Also, we only have one street that has some activity. How would you do street photography in a small village like this? I just think you've got to be obvious if you're, you, you'll get known as the guy that does the street photography in the village. And maybe, actually, it'll become 
part of village life, don't you think? Yeah, I mean... Embrace your, your inner revilius. I'd say, you know, if you look at the kind of street... His, uh, historic photos of small villages from the past. It's not all all about necessarily having to be candid. So, you know, it could be the shopkeeper stood outside their shop or whatever. You know, it doesn't, street photography doesn't have to be 100% like you're hidden and they can't even see you on the street. No. Um, and in, in some cases, it's almost impossible to do that, like like in this kind of scenario. So, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe change your change your angle a little bit. Maybe you know, still it's still storytelling. It's still documenting the um, the period and the history of the place. But maybe make it a little less um, less about it being hundred percent candid in in this in- environment. You know, if you see the same old woman trudging away with her shopping bag every day, you know, and if you say hello to her every day, then maybe say, you know, look, can I take your picture today? Yeah, you know, yeah. See what happens. So, yeah, it is tricky. It's the same here in Malmesbury. I never, I never really go out photographing in Malmesbury. Um, Would you feel awkward doing it? I, I just wouldn't do it the same way I do it in, in London or anywhere like that. No. So I, it would be less... Yeah, it would be much more obvious what I'm doing kind of thing, if that makes sense. But I think sometimes when you try to hide in the shadows, you become more obvious anyway. I remember a situation when we were um, working together, Kev, and there was a, a class you were doing. It was it was it was very inventive, but there was a, a shutter release cable going to the camera that this chap was holding in front of his his chest. Really, I th- I thought that's uh, it 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 was really good. He he'd made his own, I think, mm. um, his own system, and it went into his pocket. And but I thought the the fact that he was stood there quite motionless. The whole system worked a dream, but being stood there motionless does rather, I, I don't know, it, it, for me it looked more obvious that he was making pictures than not. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, you have to, you have to read the room, so to speak. Yeah, and, and in, in your own town, you're, you're reading your own room, I suppose. You embrace that. Well, you could say you're, you're building a history of your own town or village, make some cards, hand those out. They, they could point to a specific Insta or a, or a blog, maybe look very intimately at, I don't know, things like doorways and, and signage and the characters that you were talking about, some, some of the main, main protagonists like the postie or the local offie, that kind of thing. Be, become the photographer known for making this project, Kev, yeah? Mm, yeah, probably, especially in a small place, especially yeah. if you're a known person. Yeah. yeah. Well, get, get to know the I've, I've got to, I've got to. I might start taking my X100V out on all the dog walks, Kev, because you get to know people. Um, dog walkers talk to each other. Do you talk to people when you're walking... The dogs? Do you know what? To be totally honest with you, uh, we don't walk the dogs anymore don't because you? they they go up the stables and run around like lunatics oh, for hours on end. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, right. Breezy doesn't. Breezy stands there in the cold and just quivers. <laughs> I can see Breezy. <laughs> Modzi runs around like a madman. Uh, yeah. So we don't really walk dogs much these days. To All be honest right, with you, yeah. but yeah, I mean, you're right. Well, you know, you, you, you're right. It's especially here in Malmesbury. It is a you know, it's a very small place and. Yeah. Uh, you do see the same people all the time, just chat to them. Yeah. Well, I met, I met, I met a guy the other day. I was w- walking along. I was asked the dog's name, and uh, the guy said, uh, oh, it's Laika. And I thought, oh, you must be a photographer. And no, uh, do you know why the dog might be called? Do you, and, and do you know another famous Laika apart from the, the famous camera? No. Laika the dog, the first dog in space. Oh. Yeah. So he named his dog after the first dog in space. I said, that's fantastic. He said, yeah, it didn't end very well for the dog, but we don't tell him that. I wonder if like the dog was named after the camera, though. You you might have thought, but no, it's, it's spelled L-A-I-K-A. So d- different spelling. But you pronounce it, I, I suspect, the same way. That's why he used that pronunciation. Right. Um, Facebook, Kev. What, what do we have? Jay Simonetto. Generally, we hear the back and forth between things not pro enough. Then most are very much good enough. I would like to ask you guys what experience you had with something that was truly not good enough during your work. Uh, a little bit more context for me is that I would like to travel light to other countries with the family before lockdown. And though it's casual travel photos, I would still like to ensure these images are good enough for print. A balance between light travel with family, but the glass is good for print. 99%, 1855 is good enough, but will the upcoming third-party lens like the Tamron Zooms be the same as well? Right, so first part... Yeah. Um, Basically, what did you buy that was rubbish? I suppose the Nikon um, D2H, which was a, a, a four megawatts it camera with uh, max ISO, I think it was sixteen hundred. Pre- pretty, pretty unusable there, though. A brick, a brick of a thing uh, that it was. 
What about you, Kev? Well, what, what are your what's what's the kit you bought that you wish you hadn't? I don't have any kind of camera stuff like that. I mean, I don't want to get on the Apple bashing thing again, but probably that that iPad that I bought, the expensive yeah. one. That the you know the dream was that you'd be able to go to weddings and edit with it and all that kind of stuff. And actually, that this the situation was far from the truth, especially yeah. when you had to stick the flipping pencil out the charging port at the bottom. <laughs> um, so that was probably that was probably the least uh, lived device with me for sure. But I, you know, who knew for Kev it was going to be an Apple product? <laughs> I, I did see on the uh, on the Facebook group this <laughs> this week some other poor. Bo- Trying to to try and get his uh, access back to his Apple system. Oh no! <laughs> I was like, "Don't ask me. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't talk to me about it." <laughs> Feel like Star Wars. I'm not the expert you're looking for. Yeah. Um, okay. So there there isn't. So that's the first part. But there was a second part. Well, the second part was generally kind of like, is the 18 to 55 uh, is good enough? But will the upcoming third party lenses like Tamron zooms be the same as well? Well, who and knows? Of course, we don't know the answer to, to that. Until we? we've seen them, yeah. So I have no idea. Un- unknown quantity. Typically, right. though, with the the third party lenses, aren't usually as as good. You know, they're not far off, but typically they're not going to be quite as good as the uh, as as the manufacturer's lenses. Um, but yeah. who knows? You played with the Viltrox, haven't you? Uh, yeah. And and actually, you had good. Good, you had good things to say about the Viltrox lens. It was very good. Yeah, it definitely wasn't as good as the. Um, what was it? What was the one I had? The fifty six, I think. It wasn't as good as the Fujifilm fifty six. No. But it was, you know, half the price and certainly less than half as bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you know. Okay, right. Book of the week, Kev. Bought with his okay. own bought, bought with his own fair money. I say bought my own fair money. I did buy it with my own fair money, but it was kickstarted. <laughs> oh, it was one of the kickstarters. It kicked it into life. Yes. Yeah, I love. I do most of the books that I buy are from Kickstarter these days. Yeah, yeah. It's a very worthwhile yeah. cause. Um, so Parker J. Fister, born in 1968, is an American artist working primarily in photography and filmmaking for the last 35 years. Yeah. He attributes his curiosity and dreams, both conscious and subconscious, as the guides for the majority of his work. Most of Fister's images are created by his long relationship with Wanderlust. Fister's ability to find connection and create trust with a complete stranger, both human and otherwise, allow his viewers to step into and truly feel his work. After all, a photograph is to be felt every bit as much as seen. Now, so we are... Uh, th- some of you may remember we did have Parker on the uh, on the Fridgecast middle of last year. Yeah, it was right. We did we we did we did the interview several years earlier, but there was all kinds of technical disasters with it, wasn't it? And I, we had to I had to re-record all the questions. Do you remember? It was rescued, wasn't it? It was rescued. Yeah, let's just say it was rescued. Rescued, but, but um, not, not 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 Parker's bit. It was just something something no, happened. No, no, on, no, no. It was my end. Yeah, one, absolutely. One of the end. channels on. Yeah, it was it was a weird thing. It wasn't even your fault. It was uh, it was. Oh, that was a useless piece of software. There we go. I refer to the last question, Kev. I can't remember. Yeah, what, yeah. But that was the we name. The software, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. It was it was the software's fault, yeah, wasn't the so- it? The software really messed up for you. And that was something you were paying for. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. There you go. Paying no longer. No. All right. So, um, so the whole point of this book essentially is um, it, it's beautiful, beautiful images with poetry and sketches and little kind of writings around images and uh, all kinds of just general loveliness, as you would expect from Parker. Now, what you won't see in here, if you go to Parker's website and uh, you look at his beautiful portraits that just jump out of the screen at you, um, some of them are quite elaborate, but they're all very beautiful. Uh, You won't see too many of those in this book. This is more about uh, the travel, the wanderlust, as he said, and just general observations with, with poetry. The idea of the title being called Solitude really comes out in the images, I think, in some of the uh, the striking nature of a lot of the pictures where it's quite clear that he's probably the only person in a very, very long distance. But yeah, nice big square hardback image. Um, very, very creatively and cleverly curated and put together. Um, so I don't know whether Parker was entirely um, responsible for that or whether he had an editorial team, but I would not be surprised if he did it himself because he's very, very, very creative like that. Well, he reached more than his pledge, didn't it? Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's amazing. Yeah. You know, he's amazing. When I grow up, I want to be Parker Fister. <laughs> um, so there's a, there's there's no page numbers, but uh, so I've just flipped to a page, a uh, lovely, beautiful black and white image of a uh, a nude 
uh, figure lying on sand. Well, uh, is, is the, it the, the water's edge? Because it's difficult to see that. No, no, it's not the water's edge. It's in a in a cliff cave, I would ah, say. Oh, right. Something okay. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It just gives you this kind of idea of thinking, you know. But uh, the, the reason why I picked that particular image was because of the um, the poem. So I'll read the poem from that particular one. I've hit bottom. The kind that isn't a place, one that hides me and leaves me no trace. Time is measured in gains down here. Stay too long, I'll surely disappear. But don't throw a rope, I need a while longer. Along myself, I grow even stronger. The shadows are where my ego will hide. I drag them all out until they have died. Into the light, I will fight to the death. I'll give all my heart, I'll trade in my breath. No matter the cost, this behemoth I'll slay, slaughtered and gutted, sent out on a dray. My spirit will rise when my battle is won, out of the shadows and into the sun. Sword in hand and armor nearby, no longer naked to hear my own lies. Mm-hmm. He, he certainly bears his soul, doesn't it? Yeah, um, absolutely. He, I mean, as he says, he's encountered depression and loneliness along the the, the way of whilst experiencing freedom and, and strength. And he, he believes he's tamed this this beast anxiety. Blimey, Kev. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? I like really what, cool. what he wrote on the. On, I was just looking at the Kickstarter page. I didn't realise also it was fully funded in one day. Not many Kickstarters say that, do they? I, I don't think. If you're reading this, you are alive. If you are reading this, you are also going to die. You and I are filling the space between. Um, his, his work, if you go to his website, is just. Um, I haven't looked at his his work for a long, long time. Actually, probably since we, um, since we had him on the show. Oh, just outstanding, isn't it? Oh, it's incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible. Proper talent. Mm. Like, you know, proper, proper talent. Oh, um, he, he also photographed Morgan Freeman at a wedding. That ticks <laughs> every box in my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think he shoots weddings anymore. But, um, yeah, it's, it is wonderful. I could, I could just, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So books available now. Now, that was a Kickstarter. So, so where do you get the book now? Go to Parker Fister's website. It's called Of Solitude, Parker J. Fister. You'll be able to get it. Yeah. Perfect. And we'll um, we'll sort out the links on the show page as well. Right, back to your questions in uh, in a moment from Facebook. Uh, let's let's go to your emails. I um, there, there's uh, I've got some sorting out to do in the emails, but I do have one thing. Um, a thank you from Peter Foot on email. Hi Kev, it's just a big thank you for mentioning Radio Garden on the podcast the other day. I looked it up and it's mm. a brilliant app which I've shared with friends and family too. The interface sets it apart from anything else I've seen before. It's great to be able to find a radio station today that uh, isn't talking about a Christmas party from 12 months ago. So he wrote this in December, obviously. But it, it, <laughs> all, it, it, all the irony. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, uh, but it is. That's a, it's a brilliant app, isn't it? Yeah, oh, I love it. Yeah, it's not an app, it's a website. But yeah, it's brilliant. Um, if, you, if you're into your kind of uh, local radio and uh, DAB radio, then yeah, love it. Absolutely. Right. Back to your questions. Let's go for Facebook, Kev. Tiago Valent. Hi, I am new in this group. I am 51 and I do weddings since 2004. I love your podcast. Makes me feel alive. That has to be the best ever intro to question. Yeah, it is. is. Uh, My subjects of preference are not the gear tech ones, but returning to vintage lenses and restarting street photography. I learned a lot doing street photography. I love to read, talk and lessons from old photographers. (laughs) It's not even a question. That's it. That's the end. Sorry. (laughs) I've taken to not reading these things first now. Oh, Kev. Okay. Wanna- uh, Tiago, that was lovely, though. <laughs> it was. Well done. Uh, uh, right, go on. Find yourself a question. Yeah, I uh, but First of all, I've got to try and find a nice emoji to give to... Oh, yes, I'm going to give him a, a heart one. Yeah. Yeah. Hearts and puppies. He gets... Right. There <laughs> okay. we go. Uh, oh, right. Okay, so the next one, the name is uh, in Greek. Well, this is good. I this think is, this is your this specialist, is specialist subject. <laughs> no, it's properly in Greek. Okay, uh, everything's in Greek. Even the question? Uh, no, the question's in English, but the right. name. But I think. Do you remember we had Nick? Uh, Nick, didn't we from Greece, from yeah. Athens? Yeah, I think it's him. Well, so far I think you're doing well. Nick is. Um, is it Nicolaus or something like that? Is that where you're having the problem? Uh, no, it is an R with a backwards E <laughs> with a W with a, a letter above it. <laughs> that's Psy. P is something that looks like a Y. No, that's Psy. A small L. <laughs> Keep going. An O, then a letter that doesn't exist. <laughs> then an O with a line through it, an alpha sign, yeah. a K, an I with a thing above it, 
a V, an O, and a letter that doesn't exist. No, that's not his surname. That's the new variant of uh, of COVID. <laughs> I'm sure it's Nick, though. One. Uh, hello, guys. Happy New Year. Don't fool yourselves by my Facebook name. Oh, there you go. Another <laughs> example of me not reading it before. Oh, <laughs> oh it's <dear>. George. <laughs> it's George Fakinos. It's George Fakinos. Goodness. Why did I think it was Nick? It's not oh, even Nick. God. I'm useless at this. Oh, I'm all... going to give up. We've, only, own... been, we've only been doing <laughs> it two and a half years, Kev. <laughs> I own Fuji, I, I own a Fujifilm uh, X100F, and I'm pretty happy. However, I am about to start a new project, and I need a zoom lens. I was thinking about buying the X-H1 and XF16 to 80 f4, both used from MPB. Do you think I may have a problem with lens variation? I have heard that some copies are very sharp and some very soft. Are you familiar with this problem? Mm. Uh, no, I've never, I've never heard any issues with lenses uh, in terms of being them soft or anything like that. I'm, Fujifilm or in fact any mirrorless systems because they just don't have they only calibrate in like uh like the old lenses did so no I've never ever I don't think I've ever come across anybody saying that their particular copy of a Fujifilm lens is soft compared to someone else's that doesn't mean that uh, it hasn't been a uh, malfunctioning lens yeah you know, that's just broken yeah that might be a case but I, I don't think there's variance between them that I've ever come across so can't help you there do you remember putting up putting up those targets on the on the door and you'd have to recalibrate your lenses the dslr ones four and i never did it i i just uh, i just didn't do it um but yeah i mean i did you did have some lenses that just yeah it just didn't make just you know spend all this money and then they would they were just out of focus all the time or they focus on something behind it yeah make any sense i'm glad they've sorted that stuff out Right, la- we've got time for one last one. Kev, read carefully <laughs> while you go down this list. Right, Robin Chun. <laughs> right. When setting a minimum shutter speed, 1 125th yeah. in the three times auto ISO setting, why does the EXIF data show the shutter speed, i.e., 1 quarter, 1 eighth, 1 sixtieth, etc.? I don't quite understand <laughs> that question. Uh, when setting the minimum shutter speed of 1 one twenty fifth in the three times auto, etc., the EXIF data show the correct shutter speed. Okay, right. So, uh, essentially, what you're doing when you're setting the minimum shutter speed is you're giving the camera a guideline for the minimum shutter speed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the ISO is always going to be, uh, it's a fixed ceiling and, and floor. So, mm-hmm. if you set your ISO at between 800 and 12,800, it will not go any higher or lower. Whereas the shutter speed is only a, uh, you know, this is what I want you to achieve if you can camera set in. It can go a little bit lower than that if you, if physically it can't get the exposure. So um, it will go lower than 1 one twenty fifth to a quarter or an eighth or 60th as, as Robin is mentioning. And it will warn you of that in the uh, in the shooting data in the in the LCD or in your viewfinder, uh, because the exposure will uh, the shutter speed will appear in red rather than in blue. Kev, top of the class. I'll go to the bottom of the class as always. Uh, right, that's it. I've got a, an admission to make, Kev. Um, you know, I was saying I've, I've, while you were doing while you were answering that question very thoroughly, I was looking through the uh, through the email and notice. A few things over the last couple of weeks have been filtered off into that nasty spam thing. So we do have some unanswered questions by email. Not loads and loads of loads, but there's a few there. So uh, apologies if you you thought, hang on, I've sent something in by email. It's not been read. It will be. Um, so there are spam, 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 What was that song? Wonderful spam. Wasn't that? Oh, that was. Not the goons. What was that? Spam, spam. No, it was um, Monty Python. Monty Python, yes. Oh, spam, man. spam, spam, spam. They were ahead of the time. <laughs> my, my father-in-law still loves... Uh, we, it's a joke in the family. Soup, something, and spam, which is... For his uh, one of his big birthdays, he just we just did him spam. He was absolutely he, he didn't he wasn't bothered about going out to a fancy restaurant. He was absolutely delighted when a plate of spam came out. Uh, 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 no, I can't see that that would be your favourite in any way, shape, or form, yeah. partic- particularly now, Kev. Right, um, so keep sending your emails in to click at fujicast.co.uk. Click at fujicast. .co.uk um, If you want to send them into the uh, the Facebook, how do we do that? I know we know how, but go on. I always like Go these. to the Facebook group, search for Fujicast on Facebook, click Become a Member and I'll click Accept. And then uh, at the top of the group, along with a lot of other stuff is, uh, is the questions for the show thread. Brilliant. All pinned to the top. 
That's it for another week. Um, so yeah, we've we've we better put on our birthday togs, Kev, because we've got we're we're gonna be we're gonna be three, aren't we? Three. We are indeed. Or are we four? I don't know. We are three. Losing all these years, I don't know where we are. But uh, we would have had a big birthday thing, wouldn't we? Really, probably would have done it at the the house of. Well, that's. that's me being presumptive, but it would have been nice to have done it at the House of Photography or something like that, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get something sorted. Yeah, we will. We will. But uh, but uh, I, I'm not sure that we're doing anything uh, d- d- truly different for our third birthday, but can you believe that, Kev? Three Well, years. you just told me to be in my birthday suit, so what? my birthday suit I shall be. <laughs> or maybe not the birthday suit, Kev. I'm not sure we quite right. I did the other day when I, I phoned Kevin. He was in the bath. That felt very, very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you tried to face when you FaceTime. No, I, 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 yeah, yeah, I butt dialed you <laughs> in the bath. Nobody needs to know anymore. See you next week, Kev. Bye. <laughs> the FujiCast is an independent loading zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.